Hi, and welcome to the Learn to Code with Me podcast. Today, we'll be talking about introversion in tech. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Backblaze provides cloud backup that's astonishingly easy and low cost. Back up all of your data and access it from anywhere in the world for just $5 per month. Start your fully featured 15-day free trial today by going to backblaze.com forward slash learn to code. Flatiron School's online data science bootcamp gives students the knowledge, skills, and the experience they need to land jobs as data scientists. Start learning for free with their data science bootcamp prep course. Just go to flatironschool.com forward slash learn to code with me to get started. In this episode, I talk with Jess Lee. Jess is a co-founder of the Dev Community, which is a place for programmers to connect and share knowledge. She leads day-to-day operations there and commits to the code base every single day. We chat about what it's like working in tech as an introverted person. We also just talk about life as an introvert in general, outside of tech. Jess, who does consider herself an introvert, shares how she overcame her fear of public speaking, how she taught herself to be good at networking, and much more. I hope you enjoy the interview. Hey, Jess, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. We've known each other for a while now, and of course, you're a co-founder at Dev. And I'm really excited that you of all people are going to talk about this topic of introversion versus extroversion in tech. I feel like when I was doing research before this interview, there's all this different information online. I'm really excited to talk about it. But before we dive into all that, can you tell us what your role is like at Dev? What does your day-to-day look like? What are some of your responsibilities and all that? Sure. Um, As a founder, you're basically doing a million things, right? There isn't an aspect of the business that you're not concerned with. But generally, I lean into what aspect of the business needs you most at the time. So over the summer, we're fundraising. And so like leaned into that a lot more. But now that we've closed our round, I am back to coding. And that is probably like the primary thing that I do at Dev is I'm a developer. Um, and then everything else falls under more of a management category, right? Like hiring process, um, making sure the team is communi- communicating effectively and, you know, down to just making sure everybody has their benefits and that that's not going to stop anytime soon. Right. How, how big is the team now? Like how many people are working uh, in your office? So right now we are six full-time team members, but then we have some folks um, doing some contracting work with us as well. Nice. And as a side note for listeners, we had Ben Halpern uh, on as a guest. We'll definitely link to his interview in the show notes because I know he talks a lot about starting uh, Dev. But just for quick context, like for listeners, how long have you been working there? So we've been working on Dev full-time since January 2017. But Ben and I were working on it as a you know passion project, side hustle, uh, about eight months before that. So that was that was a really f- interesting and fun time where we both had full-time jobs and in our weekends and nights where we're trying to build this community. Yeah, I can imagine it was like absolutely insane work hours. Is your work-life balance better now or is it still pretty insane? It's definitely so much better uh, <laughs> because, you know, like one, I'm doing something that I really care about. And two, 
we really respect work-life balance. It's something that we really encourage for everyone on our team. And even in our like employee handbook, it's like, we don't believe in button seat syndrome. And for us, that means, you know, like, don't just like sit in your chair until a certain time because your manager hasn't left yet. Uh, and yeah, we just really encourage people to be flexible with their hours and do what they need to do so that they can, you know, be really focused and just so that they're like focused when they're working instead of if they want to be somewhere else then then they should be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I like totally relate to working full time and doing what everyone call it side hustle side project is always words for it, but it's almost like having two jobs and it can be yeah. it can be so much. And yeah, well I'm really happy that you have better, you know, balance in your life now. I do as well than I did like, you know, a year ago. So I'm glad that we're both moving in the right direction. <laughs> but anyway, I wanna get into where you started off, because you weren't always in tech. And I was creeping on your LinkedIn earlier, <laughs> and it looks like you started out in marketing. Um, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So in college, I was actually a music major. Well, I DIY'd my own degree, but it was heavily in music performance and then like sprinkles of business stuff. And I had the intention of working in the music industry after I graduated. And that's what I did. Um, and yeah, like I only... I was able to find a marketing role. So I, I basically was working in the marketing marketing industry for a few years. Um, and it's funny that we're talking about introversion, extroversion, because marketers, I think, are stereotyped as extroverts. And in the environment that I was working in, that was extremely true. And so it was difficult for me, I identify as an introvert, to really fit in there. But I ultimately got into tech because I was tired of my marketing job. And when I got tired of it, I ended up working as a... Um, as like a temp employee and I got placed at a startup. And when I was there, I realized like how, just how valued engineers were and also just like how rich the tech industry is. Um, I don't think I, I think unless you're like, it's, you know, it's truly a bubble and I got a glimpse of it and I was fascinated. So I made friends with some of the engineers that helped that we were all introverts. Um, and I decided to uh, join a boot camp because I learned best through a classroom setting. But in terms of, you know, like I've always had a general interest in tech. I forever can remember tweaking like HTML and CSS on my like live journals and my Zangas. And then eventually that evolved into like creating my friends' bands' websites on like Squarespace. So I've sort of always peripherally been in tech, but I never really considered it considered it a viable career path until I ended up hating my marketing job, temping and, you know, experiencing it at a startup. So I feel like you already kind of answered this, but I was going to ask if you consider yourself to be an introvert or an extrovert. It sounds like you consider yourself to be an introvert, right? I do consider myself to be an introvert, but other people have told me that I'm the most extroverted introvert that they've ever met. So... Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to add, and anyone who's familiar with Jess and, and Dev, Jess is you're kind of like one of the faces of the company. I mean, of course you're the co-founder, but you're really active in the community. Whether it's writing, whether it's videos, you're active on social media. Um, I remember seeing you several months back doing like an Instagram takeover of another account, which oh to me gosh. is like horrifying. <laughs> Not horrifying, but like I. 
I finally began posting more on Instagram and none of my stuff is like a live video, like, or any video, not even live, any <laughs> video. I just, I don't know what it is, me and video. I just don't like the video. And I was just like blown away. I was like, wow, like Jess is out there taking over Instagrams, live, live, whatever, videoing your whole day. Like, that's so impressive. But yeah. I will say that that was probably the first time I ever clicked the button on my camera that turned it into selfie mode. And I was like, just, it was like so dreadful for me. But, um, I'm really like, so yeah, introvert at heart, but I'm really all about picking up the skills that extroverts have. And I really think that's just what it is. Like people have different sets of skills and they're all attainable. Like an extrovert can pick up the skills of more introverted qualities and an introvert can pick up the skills of more extroverted qualities. They just might not be the most comfortable in those situations. And I, you know, like I was painfully shy as a child. Like I'm talking like no friend as a kid especially because I didn't speak English so that really added to it and I eventually just like learned like little things like I was actually telling my fiance the other day that um, we were about to go into a social situation that we're both kind of not psyched about and what I used to do like in high school I would take an index card and write down questions for people and then like review it and like slip in my pocket because of like awkward silences and I didn't know how to deal with those so I wanted to have content in my back pocket so that I could carry a conversation or moments when I felt like I was being too awkward I could say like say something funny um can you talk a bit more about that like how you're kind of an introvert extrovert and how it's impacted your professional life? Uh, it's made networking really difficult. And as a founder, one of the things you want to be doing all the time is networking and telling people about about what you're doing. So I've I like have met a lot of people from the internet, and it's great to have internet friends because you have this like kinship already. So when you meet in person, it's it's far less difficult. And there have been times at different networking events where I'll meet somebody that I know from from the internet and we'll be able to have a great conversation but then like a new person comes to join the group and everyone's like oh what do you do what do you do and for some reason somebody always answers for me and I always kind of dread I'm like oh like you know I'm running this developer community you know we're a platform for devs to support one another Uh, but then somebody else be like no you don't understand like this is what dev is and it's always amazing because they just do the work for me (laughs) you mentioned how you were focusing a lot on like fundraising over the summer can you talk about that at all like just like what kind of was involved and like how you used your extrovert skills or learned (laughs) extrovert skills to, to to do that because I imagine that's like really demanding on someone who identifies as in as an introvert yeah um that was really stressful for me in particular because I'm not one to you know, like I, I don't like it when eyes are on you and that's exactly what's happening in those meetings. Um, but you just, after you get through a few, like if you are some, if, if you're listening and you're fundraising, my advice to you is to create a list of people that, uh, of investors or, or, uh, firms that, uh, in order of your priority and then like of like your favorites or whatever, and then take the ones you care the least about and have those meetings first because that's when you'll get through all those stumbling blocks when you're like, oh, like this is when I freeze. This is when I get really uncomfortable. This is the question I don't love when they ask me because maybe my numbers aren't as great as they should be. Um, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, my company is not going to be successful. Like learn where you are really uncomfortable and then go to people that you 
really, really want. Um, and then, you know, if they, if they cut you a check, then you're great. And then if they don't, then go to the people that you're cool with, but definitely get, you know, get your practice rounds in first. Yeah, that makes sense. Like with anything, practice makes perfect. And I feel like that could also be applied to just like giving talks, like start small in front of a smaller audience and kind of, you know, work your way up. You know what? It's really interesting because you were saying how you were very shy as a kid and you've learned these skills that are like extroverted, I'm using air quotes, extroverted skills, and they can be taught, which I totally agree with. I think like anything, anything can be learned, whether that's to be you know, public speaking or to use selfie mode on your camera and live stream all day. (laughs) Um, But when I was a kid, I was really extroverted and I almost became more introverted as an adult. And there's like one moment or one thing that really changed that. And it was when I was, um, I I lived in Thailand for nine months and that entire time I was living alone. And that was my first time ever living alone. Not only living alone, I was, well, the only Western person in the city I was in, the only like native Mm -hmm. English speaker. And I was miserable for like six weeks. But then after that, I almost became more introverted because of that experience. And then I liked to live alone. And I like preferred to live alone and have my alone time. And I don't know, it was, it's just really interesting. I think like how like for different people, how you can develop differently because I, I mean, I totally believe you when you say you're one of the most awkward, shy people in class, but now it's like, I don't see you that way at all, but you, you taught yourself and you developed these skills. So like, what kind of things did you do to develop these extroverted skills? It was accepting the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, Every time I give a talk, I just, you know, my anxiety spikes because I don't really love having eyes on me, but I recognize that it just makes me more well-rounded and I don't know. That's something I've always wanted to be. I think from growing up, people always, you know, like even if just like from your college application, people are like, oh, like, like you want to be well-rounded. And I think that's like pretty ingrained in me. So I like challenging myself and, and just leaning into the discomfort, but it's, you know, you're still uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but you know, when you come out of it, you feel really good and you can feel a sense of like pride and accomplishment. So how often are you speaking? So like in front of a crowd, like where all eyes are on you. And how often are you going to these different kinds of networking events? So probably once a quarter is is a good average. I uh, gave my first workshop this summer, which was really cool. Uh, it's so different from giving a talk and is a lot easier in many ways because it isn't eyes on you all the time. It's really about the people in, in the room trying to learn something. And that's not something I fully realized until I was up there. Um, because when you're prepping for it, you're like, okay, like everyone turn around, like show your idea. And that's just like a, a line note. But then you realize that that takes up the bulk of the time, which is awesome. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Like focusing on like teaching and the value that you're bringing the audience um, and doing a workshop. Yeah, I can imagine like, if especially if they're on their computers and kind of following along, it's not like it's watching a you know TED talk sort of thing there. It's more of a classroom environment. Yeah, awesome. And on that note, I'm also curious, when you prepare for a talk or even um, this kind of fundraising, like an important meeting, do you have any like preparation tips or, or anything you can share with people? So I personally will have all the slides out and then I'll have notes under each slide and then I will practice in front of people if I and work up the courage or sometimes I'm just practicing with post-its on like different pillow cushions and trying to like make eye contact so I know like I have problems projecting and I have problems making good eye contact so 
aside from like understanding my material, like that's what I work on. But really, if you if you really want to figure out what you need to work on, you just have to like take a camera out and record yourself and then and then assess from there. And it'll be very, very telling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's like, yeah, recording yourself and whew, yeah. <laughs> so <Yep>. have, you, <laughs> have, have you like done that and had anyone else kind of give feedback like like shown the video to, I don't know, like a friend or colleague or someone who you think does really well at public speaking and was like, hey, like, could you give me any tips? Yeah. So I actually took, like I said, I I try to put myself in challenging and uncomfortable situations. So I've actually taken a public speaking class where they, where they do that. And you're in a small classroom with like six other people who ideally feel the same way as you. But for some reason, every class I've gone to, there's, there's just been people who are just like extremely extroverted and like really good at this. I'm like, why are you in the class? But uh, they will put the camera right in front of you. And then they will, somebody will like walk out of the room with you and like tell you like what you're doing and what you need to work on. Sit tight podcast listeners. We're taking a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Backblaze provides unlimited cloud backups for Macs and PCs for just $5 per month. It backs up your code, documents, music, photos, and videos. Basically everything you could possibly need to protect completely automatically. Access your data from anywhere in the world, whether that's via your computer or on the go using their iOS and Android apps. Even better, you can recover just one file or all of your files. The choice is yours. And if you do have a complete system failure, You can buy a hard drive with all of your data and have it sent overnight via FedEx. You can even return the drive to Backblaze and get a full refund. With over 700 petabytes stored and 35 billion files restored, you can count on Backblaze to protect your data. It's gimmick-free with no hidden charges, just $5 a month for full backups and peace of mind. To start your fully featured 15-day free trial, go to backblaze.com forward slash learn to code. That's B-A-C-K blaze.com forward slash learn to code. Try Backblaze and start protecting your data today. Since 2012, Flatiron School has helped more than 1,200 students launch new careers in tech. And now they're helping their students break into one of tech's most in-demand fields, data science. There has been a 650% growth in data science jobs since 2012. In fact, data scientist and machine learning engineer jobs are the two fastest growing careers in all of technology. With Flatiron School's online data science bootcamp, you can take advantage of that growth and land a job as a data scientist sooner than later. Thanks to their tried and true curriculum, top instructors, and dedicated career coaches, you can change careers with confidence. Even better, if you don't get a job offer after working with Flyiron School for six months, they'll give you your money back. Start learning for free with Flatiron School's Data Science Bootcamp Prep Course. Just go to flatironschool.com forward slash learn to code with me to get started. Did you take that class recently? I, yeah, I've, I've taken two of them. Um, about once a year, I try and like freshen up. <laughs> that's all. That's like one of those things that I always feel like I should do. I've thought about doing, and then I kind of chicken out. Um, another thing that I've t- 
toyed with doing um, like a stand-up comedy class because I feel like that would uh, I would imagine that would make you good at public speaking I know it's a bit different but it's like if people you know laughing at your jokes or not is like pretty hardcore Um, and there's actually one in New York a stand-up comedy class that's only like $300 or something for several weeks I don't know how much the you know these other courses cost but I thought that was like really reasonable um for the, yeah, for the comedy that's one a, that would be a crazy challenge uh I feel like a good in between the stand-up comedy would probably be like an improv class because I feel like an improv you could you're still in front of people but you can do like weirder things and <laughs> um and just like get used to that audience yeah. feeling and yeah, and you're also like not alone. Like uh, for right. stand-up comedy, it's just you on the stage because that's how they actually because <laughs> that's how they end their class. Um, like at the end, the part of the graduation is you do like an open mic night, and oh my god, and, <laughs> you're like, yeah, I know, like, which is horrifying, <laughs> horrifying to me. But the one thing that I think about that it's so interesting. People perceive things um, is to me doing that would be less scary because the people in the audience like I wouldn't really know or they wouldn't know me because it'd just be like kind of random people in New York City and other people that are friends and family of the other graduates of the class whereas if you're giving a talk like you know a tech talk or something at a conference it's like you're around your peers you're around people who know you it just feels like so much higher stakes yes yes I think that's for me I need something I need to like get over and, and and move past but for some reason, that just, like, stresses me out more than being in front of, like, tons of strangers and, and telling jokes because, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, again, like, it's much lower stakes. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually, I'm more comfortable giving a talk to strangers than I would be asking Ben or Peter to, like, watch me give a talk, if that if that makes sense. Like, so Ben and Peter are my, are the two, found, the two other founders of Dev, and if I'm giving a talk about Dev, I feel more self-conscious about them them watching me because I'm like oh like is this what they would have said and and yeah I don't know it's like it's funny how that works yeah no no that yeah that definitely makes sense like I had to give a talk at or I didn't have to act like I was forced to but I I I, <laughs> I, I gave one like a, well a few actually where I was working previously and um it was good I mean they were they actually were all okay but I also felt like I don't know. It, it's just so it's so different when it's around like people you know or people you work closely with, like versus strangers. When you do feel like you don't have, um, you know, I don't like you don't know them, you have any personal connection to them, so it's not like you really yeah. have to see them. Yeah, especially if you're like in New York City, it's such a big city, you know, where we both live. It's like, oh, will I ever see these people again? You know, probably not. But but yeah. So you so you said that you do like conferences. Like like what's like the biggest crowd you ever spoke in front of? Probably about fifty people not even a huge crowd but um but yeah that was like the first talk I gave actually and then they've all become smaller since just at like meetups or um they spoke at right speed code one year and I thought that I was on like a beginner track which would be a bigger audience but then I ended up being on the like intermediate advanced track and that became like a smaller audience but I felt like you know like stakes were higher in a sense because it was a much more technical crowd so I don't think audience size really has a huge impact on on how I feel. It's more about the people that will be there, like you were describing. Mm-mm, yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. Oh my gosh, talking in front of like a more in- intermediate track than you thought that could be a little I don't know. Yeah, that could be more stressful <laughs> rather than a big a big group of uh, of beginners. Okay, yeah. So when I was researching this beforehand, there is all this different content online, and the consensus seems to be that 
software engineering and IT jobs are better for people who are shy or introverted. But then I also found other articles or like Quora posts where there were people talking about how they were introverted in a tech job and they didn't feel like they belonged. What do you think about this? Like, do you think that tech can be good for introverted and extroverted people. And also when I say that, I feel so silly because tech is just like such a big umbrella. There's so many jobs within tech, but let's just focus first on like the software engineering jobs, like the per- like not like software sales or something that is a bit more um, like interfacing with customers or something. Sure. Um, I don't think that being an introvert or extrovert really matters well, if you're trying to be a software engineer, but I think the I think the stereotype of engineers being all introverted comes from the fact that when you're beginning to learn how to code, it's a very solo endeavor, um, and so there are very many like there are a lot of different phases of being a software engineer. Engineer when you're learning a new concept, you're even if you're in a classroom setting surrounded by peers, when you're doing like that deep learning and trying to hack out a project on your own, like that's very much so done in solitude. Um, But then it evolves, right? Like once you sort of learn that, then you maybe like dabble in pair programming and that's a lot more collaborative. Um, But ultimately software engineering is like super, super collaborative. Like you need lots of people to to make a product work. Um, And so I think it's, easier for introverts maybe to get into engineering because the start of it is is you're very you know you're it's it's just you and your computer but then as you evolve you you want to pick up all those other skills to make you a good communicator yeah i mean it, you know in general it's a solo practice that during the learning phase then it it quickly evolves to being collaborative and that's when a lot of the extrovert skills need to kick in um so really again going back to like the idea of being well-rounded it's like you can be an introvert but, you know, it'll probably serve you well if you pick up some of those extrovert skills and, and vice versa. Like you, as an extrovert, you might want to be able to spend some time going really deep. And people, you know, there's different, like you can play to your strengths. So like as an introvert, one of the ways you can learn is through publishing. And that can be how your primary way of sharing information and connecting with the rest of the community. Whereas for an extrovert, you might not enjoy sitting alone writing articles, but you can instead, you know, learn by teaching um, or mentoring or giving talks and conferences, which might be a lot more in your element. So the industry really needs both parties. Because if we're just in a room of introverts, you're just going to have silence. And if you're in a room of extroverts, it's just going to be noise. Yeah, for sure. So looking at the different areas of tech, we just, you know, we're talking a bit about software engineering. Are there any job roles or functions that are more conducive to extroverts? The first thing that pops to mind is this role. And I think it's newer, or maybe it was just new to me when I entered the industry, but developer advocates or developer evangelists, those roles I really find are great for extroverts because their primary job is kind of just talking about about a product or service. Um, and some developer evangelists like are on the road going to conferences at least like 200 days out of the year and they talk about code for a living. And I think that's like a perfect job for an extrovert. Yeah. What also comes to my mind is anything with like, I said this a bit ago, but interfacing with customers, um, 
So like software sales, I know that, well, some people selling software do get quite technical, depending, I guess, on what they're selling. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, fun fact, software, people who do software sales actually make the most money or have the highest earning potential out of any tech career. I wrote an article about this a couple of years back. Yeah, well, it's because some of the bonuses they'll give at really big tech companies like Oracle and um, these like B2B software companies, like mm-hmm. someone just in bonuses alone can make like 100, 200,000. And that's just bonuses, wow. not including. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. But then again, it's that like, it's really demanding. Yeah, but it's really demanding, traveling a lot, really high pressure. It's one of those things, right? If you don't meet your targets, you'll get fired. So it's definitely not, definitely not for everyone, but yeah, it can be very lucrative if you're good at sales and if you're somewhat technical and you can go to like be to, you know, conference rooms with like people, yeah, at big, you know, cable companies or whatever and sell them your, your product. I also feel like, oh, people that are kind of in like product management and project management, not that you couldn't be an introvert at all and do that. Of course you can, but that's maybe more you know, you're kind of organizing, communicating. But then, you know, after I say that, I feel like that side of the brain of like managing projects could also be really fulfilled by someone who who is more introverted because, and I'm sure people listening have heard, there, there are TED Talks and there's all this research about how introverts are actually better leaders and um, can do certain things and fulfill certain roles that were traditionally extroverted, like, Totally. That's actually what I was going to say was that I feel like there's a misconception that leaders need to be extroverts. And I think that's just the way that like media plays into things, but introverts can actually be really assertive and because of their, you know, generally more quiet demeanor, it, it really exudes more of a common confidence that like extroverts might not be able to achieve. Yeah. So I, so, okay. I was reading this book that is really interesting. Sorry, I keep talking about sales. It was a book that is called, um, to sell is human. I'll have to get the exact title, but it's by, oh God, I, I would Google it right now, but whenever I Google something during an interview, the internet cuts out, so I'm not going to, but it's, it's a really good book. And it just talks about how like, basically everyone nowadays has to sell in one way or another, whether you're selling to like your coworkers trying to get an idea that they'll, you know, work on or actually being a salesperson. Anyway, a a university did research on like who, who actually is like the most effective salesperson, introverts or extroverts. And they found, and they rated kind of people on a scale of one to 10, one being super, super introverted, 10 being super, super extroverted. And they Mm -hmm. found that the people with the best sales performance, and this was like across like tons of companies, thousands of people, they fell in the like four to six range. I, I'm I'm just kind of, you know, remembering off the top of my head. It was something like that. But basically they were kind of in the middle. So they were not starkly in one direction, but they also weren't super extroverted. Actually, extroverted people would get lower numbers than a lot of introverted people because sometimes maybe they could come off as abrasive or they couldn't, like they were just so energetic or something, they couldn't like read the room (laughs) and listen, listening. That was the big one, listening. Mm -hmm. Introverts can be better at listening. Anyway, so that I think was like, that definitely really surprised me because you have this association of like, oh, anyone who's good at public speaking or selling or whatever, promoting themselves, talking about themselves, they're going to be extroverted. But um turns out the more effective when you actually look at the numbers were people that were more in the middle or even a little more introverted. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe that goes back to that whole well-rounded thing. Um, I'm curious what environment those salespeople were in 
mostly. Oh, they were like hard. Sa- I mean, they were so they were looking at people that were probably doing like financial sales, software sales. I think it was mm-hmm. across industries, but it was definitely like sales jobs. Yeah. Something that I read in a dev article recently, but was referencing Susan Cain's book, The Power of Introverts, which I've read, but like have I don't I, the article is much more fresh. But they reference that um, whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert depends on how your body responds to different stimulus stimuli. Um, and when if you are an introvert and you're in the wrong environment, like a noisy environment, you'll tend to become more overwhelmed and perform poorly. But if you're an extrovert and you're in like in a quiet room, the same thing will happen to you. Like you'll also feel overwhelmed and perform poorly. So a lot of it is also environmental. Um, obviously, this was a huge study, but it'd be interesting to also know like, oh, like were they, you know, were they in their proper environments for them to to excel? Oh, that is really interesting. Sorry, what was the name of that book again? The Power of Introverts. Okay, I've never read it, but I've heard of that. I've definitely heard people like talk about that book in multiple occasions. So we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Awesome. So if there's people listening to the show right now who maybe think they're not a good fit for tech because they don't belong, whether they're introverted, extroverted, whatever else it could be, what advice like do you have for them? I think it's important to know that both extroverts and introverts play a really big role in in making things work. So um, it's funny. I was in a a meeting once where it was clear that everyone was introverted, so it was like very quiet. But then like one extroverted person came in and they like really lit up the room and they were able. They had those skills to like get the introverts talking. And you know, that, like it's so important to to have that balance. Awesome. Anyway, Jess, is there any parting advice you would like to leave people with when it comes to just like being introverted and navigating the workplace and, and all of that? Yeah, I would try and be communicative with your team about your communication preferences, especially if you're an introvert. I feel like a lot of like companies and startups cater towards extrovert ideals. So thinking like open layout space or uh, where there's like just lots of noise and lots of small talk. And if that's not up your alley, um, try and bring that up. Uh, I just learned that Square runs silent meetings, which is uh, a meeting where people get together and they sit in silence for 30 minutes reviewing like an agenda or a topic of discussion. And they like are all in a Google sheet leaving different comments on their opinions. And then afterwards, somebody will just like pipe up and start talking about about what they're discussing that they've already been discussing for the last 30 minutes. And it really gives an opportunity for everyone's voice to be heard. And so if you're an introvert and you'd feel like it's harder for you to speak up in a meeting, this is something worth introducing because, um, yeah, because it might be a lot easier for you to write things down, but then the extroverts also have the opportunity to speak up after you've gotten your thoughts in. And that's actually something that we do for our hiring process at Dev is after we review a resume or run an interview, we don't talk to each other and we write our notes down because we want to reduce bias. And most importantly, we don't want the loudest person in the room to to sway anyone else's opinions. So that'd be my advice for introverts. Like if you're an introvert and you just know it and you're not happy, like being in an extrovert culture, then try and find ways where you can really help yourself and the rest of the team. 
Awesome. Thank you for that advice. I really liked the the one with the hiring. That's that's a good idea. Because I've definitely been in situations where, yeah, if one person has a really loud opinion or strong opinion and they're very good right. at communicating, yeah, they can kind of sway other people. Yeah, too. you're like, oh, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. And yeah, that happens all the time. Um, also, on Dev 2, um, okay, on Dev 2, there's a woman named Jen, and she's been writing this series, and it's called The Introvert's Guide. And so she has articles like The Introvert's Guide to Professional Development, The Introvert's Guide to Tech Conferences, The Introvert's Guide to Office Networking, and my favorite, The Introvert's Guide to Small Talk. Um, and so if you're an introvert, that's super helpful. And I'm sorry if I don't have that many resources for extroverts because I just don't truly identify as one. It's all good. We'll definitely make sure to link to that um, series in the show notes and so people can find it. That sounds really cool. I want to check it out also. Um, so thank you so much, Jess, for coming on. Where can people find you online? So you can find me on dev2 slash Jess, or you can find me on Twitter as JessLeeNYC. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. If you liked today's show, I would really appreciate it if you left a rating and review on iTunes or whichever podcast player you're tuning in on. Ratings are extremely helpful when it comes to a show's rankings. And by leaving a review, you would be helping me reach more listeners and spread valuable knowledge about breaking into the tech industry. To leave a review on iTunes, go to learntocodewith.me forward slash iTunes. That'll take you straight to the iTunes page and right there you can leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for supporting the show.